Due to the sensitive and mature nature of today's program, parental discretion is advised. Welcome to Living Bread Radio Presents, a program designed to teach and evangelize about the Catholic faith through various speakers and presentations given in the local listening area. Today's show features Daniel Matson and his presentation, Catholic Teaching on Homosexuality is Good News, recorded at Sacred Heart of Jesus Parish in Wadsworth, Ohio, in November 2013. Daniel Matson is a single Catholic man who lives with same-sex attraction. He has found great freedom in the teachings of the Catholic Church and through the universal call to chastity. With the question and answer portion of his presentation, here is Daniel Matson. This first question um, was, uh, I think, written by somebody who, li- who uh, might live with same-sex attraction. This person said, I didn't hear you talking about dating. Is this not allowed, or how do you define a relationship? Mm-hmm. Sounded like I should keep my feelings of same-sex um, to myself. Um, so I, I, uh, I want to be clear that uh, you know, when, when the church says not to come out, it, it also says um, to, to tell certain people. There, there's a great phrase um, that I learned recently, circles of uh, safe transparency or acceptable transparency. You know, some, some um, I, I have, I, I get called by parents all the time. And um, you know, so somebody's 14 and they're thinking about coming out. Um, and, and, and the question is, should they do that? Well, they're going to come out at school. Well, the problem with that is, as I said, that person is now labeled that way, and they don't have control over how that is labeled. But I do think one of the biggest problems, and I think one of the great um, things that, that has happened as a result of the gay rights movement starting, is that we can talk about this now, and I think we should talk about this. And I think if somebody is living with um, same-sex attraction, they need to not live in isolation and not tell people. Uh, and they need to tell people. Um, and it may not, at first, you know, um, I, I think finding a, a, um, a, a, a priest uh, to speak to that you can trust. And, and um, if someone's a, a young person, you know, telling your parents um, or if, uh, if it's a close friend. I mean, we can't live alone. One of the, one of the, the important things of courage is that the issue that we're not walking alone in this. Um, I, I didn't tell a soul um, until my late twenties, and it was very—it was a hellish secret to carry, um, and very difficult. So I do think that that, but you need to pray for discernment about who to tell and who to talk to. And I think if parents um, parents might suspect this about their son or daughter, they should bring up the topic and 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 talk about um, homosexuality in 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 a loving way, not in like telling gay jokes or whatever. You know, those are those are not good, um, and we should avoid that. Um, oh, and then as far as dating, the first part of that question, I don't find the idea of same-sex dating, even if it's chaste, is really in accordance with God's plan for humanity. Right? Having some sort of romantic feeling for somebody, um, romance is ordered towards the complementarity of, of the sexes. So I, I can't. In my own life, if I were to date somebody, it would be too much of an occasion for sin. It would be unwise and, un, and unprudent for me to do that. Um, but, of course, loneliness is a big part. I have worked very hard at, at friendships. I, I, Grand Rapids, I don't know if you know it, but uh, we were named Beer City USA two years in a row. 
and I, I think we're going to, for good reason. I have an award from a brewery, uh, two awards actually, but one of them is as their friendliest patron. And I, on a regular basis, I call up my friends. If I'm lonely, I call up friends. I get together. And I also have come to the point where in my loneliness, I realize at this point in my life, I should reach out to other people who are lonely. So God has brought me to a point where, okay, yeah, of course you're going to be lonely. You're going to feel, um, you know, it, it would be far better to come home to a person than to my dog, though I love my dog, right? Uh, but I, when I feel lonely and discouraged, I really have worked on those relationships and I, I call people. So I don't feel, I don't feel comfortable with, with the idea of dating. I don't think that fits within um, same-sex love. But there is a need for personal intimacy. We all need that. Um, so we need to pray for deep, strong friendships. Okay, so what would you say to young men and women who are in the height of their sexual desires and how can they bear the thought of loneliness sexually for the rest of their lives? Yeah, that's that's kind of follows on the heels of that, right? One of the biggest things that has helped me is to think about the words of Christ where he said, why worry about tomorrow? Today has enough trouble of its own, right? Um, I don't know if I'm going to be alive tomorrow, let alone thinking about being lonely at age 80. And God doesn't give us the grace... For tomorrow, today. I have the grace to get through life today, and it's always not half bad. See, maybe it's, maybe sometimes it's two-thirds bad, you know, thinking about that C.S. Lewis quote. But we, we do, we fall into dis- despair. Um, that, that the two, the two um, sins against hope are presumption and despair. I had presumption when I was younger um, of how the happy story would end, right? Um, despair is to, is to think about the worst case scenario and assume that that's what's going to happen. Hope is living in the moment and trusting that God will provide what I need when I need it. And I think that that's, that's difficult for a young person to, to believe and grasp, especially in the world in which we live, right? Um, there's a great little book by Joseph Pieper, P-I-E-P-E-R, called On Hope. And that he, he talks about the status via Taurus. We're on the way, Right. And, and presumption and despair are opposed to hope. So I, I feel when I communicate with, um, with young people, that loneliness, it's always despair. It's always rooted in despair. I think a lot of people come out as gay out of despair. They're living their life 30, 40 years out, and they say, I can't live like this. And we have to counter that and say, no, listen, God will provide now. Of course, there's loneliness. And I do think the church you know, has to do something for all the single people in the world. There's more and more single people in the world who are lonely. And I think the church has a lot of work to do in that regard. Uh, here's a question. Our daughter just married another woman. Where do we go from here? Um, that's, that's a difficult question, right? Where, I think where you go from there is you um, don't fall into despair, right? It's related. You have to realize that what God wants you to worry about more is your walk with Christ. There's this great book called The Soul of the Apostolate that has been helpful to me. And, and fundamental to that message is that God doesn't really need us. He doesn't need us to do his work. He invites us to do his work, right? Um, one of my favorite spiritual writers is St. Francis de Sales, and he's got this one letter to a, to a nun. He says, we need to operate under the assumption that God has no need of us. And that's a place of humility, right? But we do his work because he invites us what it's going to do for us. The idea that this talk that I'm giving here is somehow going to change someone's life because I'm so brilliant 
is hubris on my part. I am talking here primarily because um, God has asked me to speak, right? And I go and speak. But for me to presume that I have such eloquence that I will change anyone's mind is, uh, is denying that God is over all. And he doesn't need me to come talk to change somebody's life. Um, and, and so I think we have to recognize that the best thing you can do for your, for your daughter who just got married is pray. And, and the most tangible thing that you can do to offer, uh, uh, to help, is, is all the pain and grief that you have, to choose that. Um, there's a great book by Jacques Philippe called Interior Freedom, which says, uh, consenting to that which we would never have choose, chosen on our own is the path to peace. And in a certain sense, um, not that you're going to consent or, or approve of, of this woman's marriage, but rather to say, I consent to choose all the pain and grief that my, my daughter's choice has allowed in my life, and I'm going to offer that up on behalf of their salvation. I, I think that's really powerful. Um, you don't, don't preach it. At your daughter, don't preach at them. Don't don't slide a little book. My mom, when I was not Protestant for Christmas, got me the Catechism. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> I think that actually delayed my Catholicism. <laughs> but it, it it is it is sort of you know we have to recognize that it's not our job to get somebody to heaven, right? We think of that as Christ gets us to heaven, and uh, something that Pope Benedict says. He said uh, about the new evangelization, he says, we, we forget that Paul's fruitfulness in ministry was not because he was eloquent, but because he suffered. So don't talk your, your, your daughter into heaven. Suffer them into heaven. They won't even know about it. And then when the veil is lifted on the other side, they're going to say, oh, mom and dad, you love me so much. And trust and hope. Don't live in this moment of despair and say, my, I'm, I'm afraid I'm going to die and, and my son or my daughter is going to go to hell or whatever. Oscar Wilde, uh, Oscar Wilde's mom made sure that his, his, he and his brother were baptized. And on his deathbed, he converted to Catholicism. My other, my other little phrase, thing that I like to think about is um, St. Didymus. Are you all familiar with St. Didymus? The good thief at Calvary. And uh, I was talking to my brother about this one time. And, and I said, you know, the most important moment in that man's life and his salvation was the day he was hung on the cross. And then my brother said to me, and the second most important thing was the crime he committed that put him there. You think about that. You think about, and I, I, I think about that, that Jewish mother, maybe she was still alive seeing her son who had, had made all the wrong choices, Right? made all the wrong choices, and they're sitting on the cross as a criminal. Little did she know that that day her son would be in paradise because God makes good out of every mistake we made. God's grace overcomes every sin. And in the case of her son, that crime that put him on the cross, which led her to despair, was the moment of hope. So that's the way I view same-sex attraction and same-sex marriage. I don't get too stressed. I get excited to see how God's going to work in their life and in the lives of the people in the family. And the other side, we're going to be, man, wow, we, all hope was lost. And there it is. Wow, we, it's the great turn of the story. It's, it's Tolkien again. He had a great phrase that I love. 
the good catastrophe. Every great tale has that moment where we think all is lost, and it's necessary for the story to be any worth telling, right? That all has to be lost. And God's the best author of all. Okay, what would you say if you have a daughter or son as a young adult who just told you that she or he is lesbian or gay? I wouldn't say anything <laughs> at first. I would, I would listen. I would listen and listen and listen and listen some more. And then shut up and be quiet and listen some more. The key is to really first, you know, the first impulse, especially if we're Orthodox Catholics, wait, wait, whoa, what are you doing, right? That's, that's the first reaction. The first thing is to listen and to understand um, that at that point, when, that, when your son or daughter has told you that he, is, he or she has not been operating in isolation, right? He or she has already been communicating to plenty of people, either at, if they're, well, this is a young adult, if they're in college, oh, they, they, they've been chatting with people online, they've been talking to the, to the gay uh, alliance on campus. Um, they, it's a big step that they told you this, um, and, and they're, not, they're not on the fence right now. The fact that they told you, most likely, is that they've already made their decision about where they're going to go. So you're, you're not going to be able to change their mind in that moment or next week or the week after that, right? Um, the first thing that you need to do is to listen and, and tell them that you love them unconditionally, right? Uh, and say, I want to know more what this has been like for you. I can't imagine. I had no idea, or maybe you did have an idea. This must be difficult for you to tell us. Imagine if that's the response. You know, and I know you know how much we love the faith, and I'm sure this took a lot of courage for you to tell us this. Right, that kind of response is the kind of response um, that I, I think I, I wish we could we could just roll back time sometimes, right? But in all things, God works good from everything too. So um, some parents regret how they responded to their children, but God works good out of that too. I, I think the most important thing is to listen, to let them know you are loved, and then find other people who can who've been down this path, right? And the, the great, um, one of the great ministries of, of courage is encourage, all right? And there are some just wonderful men and women in that organization who can help you and uh, guide you down that path. So that's the first step. And then in, in, a, in a moment, let them bring it up. Let them bring it up rather than you bringing it up. Pray for the opportunity. And most likely, it's not going to be the parents of children that are going to bring them back to the church. Pray for that person or those opportunities where that they're going to run into that, that God send to them that will send that message and cause them. Because in my life, it was, um, it was, it was a, a book at a, at a Calvinist college. And it was a church father by the name of St. Clement of Alexandria. Because I'm kind of nerdy like that. And uh, I chose him as my patron saint. Because St. Clement of Alexandria brought me back to the church. Not my parents, not my godparents, but their prayers did. All right, how do you help a friend or family member with this cross besides loving them? Well, it depends on how, how open they are uh, to church teaching, right? You know, be their friend. Know that they're lonely. Spend time with them. Um, you know, do, do activities with them. Uh, but the most effective thing is praying for them. It just, it just is the most powerful tool that we have. And that seems like such a trite 
answer, but I think that's almost like Satan's, uh, one of his things, well, just pray for him. Now, that's the most effective thing we can do, right? Okay, so, so basically, I think, I think this is a case, I'm sure this is a case with, um, well, I know this is a case with, with several people. I, I've, I've had phone calls from um, parents where different parents feel differently about their, their, their son's or daughter's situation. Uh, where some people will say, um, ah, it's just be who you are, let, let, the, um, let them live as they want to live, and then the other one is more orthodox, and, and is, is, they're split. So it, it brings a, a, a difficulty in the relationship. So that's kind of what this question is about. And it looks like, so in this situation, there's going to be a marriage coming up. That's difficult. What do you, I think... One, one couple that I was talking to in Boston, um, I was talking to the wife, and the husband's very angry at the church because of the things that happened in Boston with the sex abuse scandal. You know, he's turned his back on the Catholic Church, and he says, hey, our son's gay. I just want him to be happy. She's more on board with, with the church's teaching. Uh, it's difficult, that's, that's, uh, but it's still early on. Um, the first thing is person who's committed to the teachings of the church has to be guided by their conscience. So even if there's a split, like when that marriage, that wedding comes, people can, we can't go to a same-sex wedding if we're going to be committed to the teaching of the church, even if that means that one of the parents goes and the other one doesn't. Talk about a cross to bear. But I think the decision has to be made early on. Uh, you know, there's this, there's this great line of Joshua to the people of Israel uh, after they enter the Promised Land. Choose this day whom you will serve. As for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. Now that's difficult in a house that's split, right? But the, 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 uh, the spouse that is committed to the teaching of the church, God is more important, and following God is more important than uh, peace in the household. That's, that's, that we just know that is fundamental, Right? Um, but that that is a, one of the most painful things that can be done. But I think before that time, conversations uh, with the spouse, like okay, let's let's you talk about your side. I will read your book, but you got to read my book, right? There's got to be some uh, line of communication there. Say, so, well, why do you believe this? Why do you believe this? Will you listen to this? I'll watch that, you know. And I think that's the. That's the way you'd have to address that situation, right? But that, that's a challenging one. And, and get, some, get a good spiritual director on that one, too. That's, that's, this is above my pay grade, I think. Um, but I, I do think that the commitment first has to be made to, to the truth, right? And to know that your, your spouse's views are in need of rescue, too, right? Not just your, your son or daughter, but your spouse's views are in need of rescue. You know, the whole idea of the culture war is problematic, right? You know, I don't view Nancy Pelosi as my enemy. I view uh, Nancy Pelosi like the Marines do. We don't leave anybody left behind. Like, we got to get Nancy Pelosi on board. We got to get her to heaven, right? And I think that's the way we got to view our, you know, a family member, right? Our culture war is against um, the enemy of our soul, not not people on the earth, right? And certainly not our spouse or our, our children. Okay, this is, yeah. You look to the church in your quest for an acceptable answer to your suffering. Was there anything anyone could have said to you back then that would have caused you to consider 
the church's teaching if you are not already on that quest? I don't know the answer to that. I don't know. Um, I would say no, probably. There's a, there's a great line uh, in, in uh, C.S. Lewis's Narnia novel, the, the Horse and His Boy, where somebody was asking about another character to Aslan. Well, what's going to happen? And Aslan says, I only tell a person's story to him or her. Like, every story is different. I feel like I came back to the Catholic Church at precisely the right time. And I feel like I needed to be the prodigal son for a time. Right? Uh, and and my, my mom, giving me the catechism, wanted me to come back before I was ready to come back. Right? Now, I admire that impulse on the part of my mom now. <laughs> um, but but that, that, that question presumes that somehow our souls are going to be won back to Christ through our words planted at exactly the right moment and that we can kind of strategize our son or daughter's redemption. You know, we want to like not be passive bystanders. But my, my story, um, I kept making the wrong turn and then God made that part of the story, right? I kept making the, all this stuff. You know, I think he wanted me to kind of go on this path, and then I made this choice, and he says, okay, let's rewrite that, and it's going to be a better story. Every wrong turn you make, it's going to be a better story. That's the way God's redemption is. Um, but there's also that point, train up a child in the way he should go, and he will not depart from it. So that, that I mean, as, as far as when I think about this, um, Depends on if the the kid is still at home, or if the if if, uh, if the person is out and about in the world. You know, I I just don't think that arguing people into the church um, with with brilliant words are what brings them in. Loving them, loving them. You know, that's what brings them in, right? I think. But there there are priests who might you know say some other things about that. But I but I, I do think that that's the message of of the of the gospel. I mean, we have to promote the truth, right? But people are loved into the church. My sister calls herself a lesbian and has a partner. I have young children, and I worry about what to tell the children. How can I help them to love their aunt but still hold on to the truth? Um, I think that's a, that's a question that more and more people are going to have to struggle with. Well, I think the first thing you do is you, you make some rules around the house. The, the husband and wife has a family. Um, say, all right, what... what uh, so we... We love, I love my sister, uh, and, and our kids love her as aunt, whatever. But what is this house going to be? And, and make up some decisions, which means like, okay, if you're going to come over for Thanksgiving, for the Thanksgiving weekend, you can't stay in the same room, right? Or probably it's best to not have them spend the night. And, and uh, depending on the age of the child, you have to have the, the freedom to tell your sister that it's not going to be Aunt Jane and Aunt Jody. It's not going to be two aunts, right? You're our aunt. She's your friend. And that's the truth. That is the truth. And if that means that, that that's a deal breaker for your sister, it might mean that that, woman, that sister's not going to be in your life for a while, right? But the, the most important thing is your family uh, and raising up your children right. Um, but I think it also should be an open conversation with the woman, with your sister. Say, listen, we love you, and we love your, your partner, right? But 
we also are Catholic. We're, we're committed to this. This is, this is tearing us up. We're not sure how to deal with our kids. And then imagine asking them, how, what do you think? Right? Bringing them into the conversation. We want you around, but we, we don't feel comfortable with having two ants. We would love to have you spend the night, but we don't feel comfortable, you know, having that kind of, if it's a kind of a close enough relationship you can have that kind of a conversation with, that might be difficult, though. But I, I think one of the big rules that, that, that Encourage talks about is not, not having, in families, um, having the, the partners stay in the same bed in the house, you know. That, and that, your sister should understand that, right? But as the, as the kids grow older, I think you could just tell them, well, that's her friend. It's her best friend. And then as they get older, you can start to say, well, we love her and we love your aunt, but we think they've made some wrong choices. What would you say with um, a man who's living with a, with a woman, right? It's the same sort of thing, right? Yes, they love each other, um, but they're not married or, you know... You have to, and we shouldn't, we shouldn't treat that situation any differently, right? They're still um, living in a way that we wouldn't want our kids to, to emulate. So if, if, if uh, I think to think about it in that terms would be helpful. Uh, how can the church best save those who are living as gay and don't want to follow church teaching but still come to church? I think sometimes they need to make it a little uncomfortable for them. That's strange, isn't it? You know, one of the great... Uh, challenges of the church is to promote the truth in love, right? And uh, we're, we're so, we, we have a sense of, we want to be welcoming, right, all the time. But Christ was not crucified because he made everybody feel comfortable. He, he didn't come to make people feel comfortable. Uh, there, there's a great, I think it's Dorothy Sayers, he came to give comfort to the afflicted and to afflict the comforted, right? And we're not doing a service to, I had a priest in, in my diocese, I went to confession and he said, go find a boyfriend. Yeah, and, and he thought he was loving me, but he needed to make me a little bit more uncomfortable. Well, he did make me uncomfortable, and I wrote a letter to the bishop. Um, but but I, I do think that sometimes we, 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 can't, we can't whitewash what the church's teaching is. We have to proclaim it as good news, right? So here's just two more questions here, and then we'll wrap up. What is the best way for the church to serve those in our midst that might just be discovering their SSA and haven't come out yet? I think they've got to start talking about it. We don't talk about it enough. Why isn't there a courage group in every diocese of the U.S.? Um, does the Cleveland Diocese have a courage group? I don't think... There's a lot of dioceses that don't have courage groups yet. Um, it takes a lot of time to get them up and running, I, I hope and pray that there will be a courage diocese uh, in every, a chapter in every diocese someday. I, I hope and pray that someday there will be a courage diocese or a courage group in, in um, Cleveland and every other diocese. But if you guys, if it has to start on the grassroots. It has to be people wanting it and wanting that assistance. So um, if you would like to see courage come to Cleveland, you're the ones to, to make it happen. We hope that you've enjoyed this production of Living Bread Radio Presents. For an audio archive of this program, go to livingbreadradio.com and click on the programming menu. This has been a production of Living Bread Radio in Canton, Ohio. Join us again next week at the same time for more Living Bread Radio Presents.